Hello and welcome everyone to a magic card packed episode of Monday Night Matches. We've got new Capenna coming out of everywhere right now. We'll say yes, Capenna. So uh, joining you this week, uh, me, myself, uh, Tom, your host, but joining me is Brent, who you are the co-host. I think we've officially uh, deemed this. Hello, I'm a co-host. My name's Brent. And I found I was cleaning out my email inbox this weekend, and I had an email from you, I think, from two years ago. I think when I started up, I don't know which podcast attempt I was doing at that time. You was like, great to have you back. And I was just like, wait a minute, that's Brent. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun Was life. that uh, 40 Life podcast? Pro- was that uh, that must have been. Who knows? So that was, Maybe it's 40 yeah, Life. I imagine this is the one that will keep going because this yes. seems to work in the in the, the life schedule um, yeah. when not finding dead bodies out in the wild. Uh, <laughs> But we don't need to talk about my dead body stories because we have a lot of magic card news. And also joining, but kind of, we'll say spiritually here with us today, is Vincent, who will correct us when we say things incorrectly uh, with this. Um, so, Brent, we have all of the new Capenna, Streets of New Capenna, and also the new Capenna Commander cards are all out. So we can't run through all the cards, but I was just kind of curious you know, your general thoughts of the set and also if you have any cards that have really either interested you or maybe possibly worry you. New set looks great. I'm generally excited for new sets. Uh, it definitely looks like it'll be fun. I like the fact that they have the different uh, families. Yeah, families. I was going to say houses. Families. I know it's a shard. I keep on thinking shards because of the similar colors, but the different families. I like that. It seems like they played that off well. Um for cards, honestly, even just looking at some of the commons, some of the commons seem I like to draft. I'm not good at drafting, but I enjoy drafting and looking at some of the even the common cards. They look kind of crazy. Uh, one that jumped out even this wasn't even this week. It was a couple weeks ago. Jewel Thief. Yeah, that's kind of the this yeah. is everybody's example of power creep and also sort of yeah. maybe the change in definition of, you know, previously there was like a. I don't know if it's ever been conquered at the time, but sort of a complexity level that was sort of felt to define a common versus an uncommon rare to mythic. And I'll let you read Jewel we have, but there's a lot of stuff going on with this. And we'll talk about the inspiring overseer, which is the yep. other sort of yep. bonkers common. Well, and I know that they, Vincent brings up good, they are ahead of the other comments, but I just want to bring up the fact that this is a common. You're probably going to see it. Like this is, this is great. So Jewel Thief for two and a green um, is a creature cat rogue. It has Vigilance and Trample. And when Jewel Thief enters the battlefield, create a treasure token. And its stats are, it's a 3-3. So the vanilla test is... It's beating the, I guess, the old hill giant (laughs) marker of like a four mana 3-3 was always... It was like, it was a filler, but it was playable. Yes. And make it a mana less and give it basically three abilities. And that's your common. Yes. And that seems pretty, pretty awesome. And it is green, right? So it could be, if we're looking at it, uh, there's multiple families it could fall into. But isn't uh, the brokers, right? The brokers are green, white, blue. Let Don't me they have up. a phasing component with them? You could take that and whoop, pop it out, pop it back in. Yeah, it just, it seems, uh, tre- I know we talked earlier before, before the podcast, uh, treasures definitely seem to be quite abundant. Oh, there's no real blinking. I think it's in, the, it's in the commander. Oh, it's a commander. Okay. Commander has the, See, has the phasing stuff. And I'm still amazed that they put out phasing because I just feels like the rules issues become 
confusing maybe for newer players. Like, what's the difference between yeah. phasing versus like the the exile and return to Certain the battlefield effect. effects can get kind of confusing about what because phasing it is like the whole the whole slump of whatever your evolved mutated monstrosity just kind of goes and comes back versus if I blink it stuff falls it's off and it gets off. confusing. Yeah, it does. So, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of my uh, favorite uh, comments. The other one is uh, Vince brought inspiring overseer. So this is another common. It's uh, two and white. It is a creature angel cleric flying, and when inspiring overseer enters the battlefield, you gain one life and you draw a card, and it is a two one. That's just that is. I've I've heard the the term kind of uh, value town, like uh, just. A lot of cards with new trend is giving kind of a crazy amount of value. And that just, again, another common that is a lot compared to even just very recent sets where you might get a similar thing, but it's not flying um, or you don't get the the life, but kind of just putting it all in there with useful, a useful creature type for the set being an angel as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it, uh, those, uh, and those might stand apart for, I'm sure there's other comments that are good too, but those two, were previewed earlier and they definitely uh, both of those jumped out to me. Uh, and then uh, Vincent kind of mentioned that while we see sort of the, you know, some really powerful commons that we now have some other commons that are almost nerfing cards that weren't that powerful to start with. Like we have sort of the new affixed pacifism uh, or at least a pacifism with some limits to it in this set. So it's been kind of interesting uh, as a set, just from a power level where, I mean, is, every common can't be a jewel thief, but it's just always interesting to see the range, I guess, of power levels. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, uh, is, is it hold for ransom? Is that the updated I pacifism? I think that is, uh, yes, that's the, yes. yeah, a white and a colorless enchantment or a common enchant creature. It can't attack or block. So we got pacifism, but it also, the creature gets seven colorless colon hold for ransoms controller sacrifices it and draws a card so basically you can if it's on my creature i can make you sacrifice it to get a card but you can only do this and only as a sorcery which i guess is nice yeah so yeah it uh that seems pretty that's i guess it makes it passive it does improvement right because at least then it's not just sitting there if you really need to later on you can knock it out and then grab that card yeah but you as the I, I can't, if I was a person that cast Hold for Ransom, I can't activate that ability. It's the ability on the creature. Creature. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. If, okay. I, if I'm reading it correctly. So I think that's where people are like, it's a little weird. So, you know, I guess if you're block holding down one of my creatures, once I get to seven man, I can, I guess, free it by giving you a free. card. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's not typing, so maybe it's good with it. I know I know it's not a, a common, but I think the rare, the Giada, Font of Hope. The legendary angel, yeah. The, the uh, Lord, I guess angel lord, very yeah, expensive yeah, one. Yeah, one in a white, uh, legendary creature angel flying in vigilance. Each other angel you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it for each angel you already control. And then if you tap it, you can add a white mana, and you can spend this mana only to cast an angel spell. And she's a two two. So uh, <laughs> yes, I, uh, I I'll play an angel deck with her in it. That seemed. What are I mean? This one's interesting because you know the the additional plus one plus one counters is related to the number of creatures in play. But for typically when you're playing like tribal lords, do you like the ones that just when it comes out, it's giving a base like a stat base bump, or do you like the ones that give counters as they come into play? Because I feel 
clearly there's pluses and minuses to both ways of looking at a lord. For ease, the plus one plus one overall is great, but I like the adding them based on how many are in play because you it really makes you kind of think and you're trying to synergize and get you know hey if I get the one and then two and then three kind of build it up exponentially it's it's nice I like this type better <laughs> and, and a two changeling again <laughs> let's see what's going on there <laughs> so yeah I thought that was and if you read any of the uh, stories on the mothership she was obviously in them and so it was. It was interesting to see that uh, perspective, and I think they did a good job of capturing it on a card. Yeah, so yeah, there's yeah, just so many cards. Yeah, that one just kind of jumped out. It was a, and I guess if for if if you're a, not a an old player like us, Brent, why do we call these cards lords when they bump up other creatures of their creature type? Well, I was going lords because they because they bump up creatures of their type, but I believe there is uh, there's an an old creature. One's well, not old. It's been reprinted umpteen times. That was called uh, Lord of Atlantis. I'm assuming that's the term. And that's, at first, I was like, "Is it Zombie Lord?" No, Zombie Master was the yeah. That was Zombie the Master. OG. Yeah, uh, Lord of Atlantis, which I'm not even know the first set it ever came out in. That was I'm a, assuming that's Alpha. But, I think it was yeah. And it was a uh, for blue blue. You got a creature Merfolk. Now it's Merfolk Lord, but yeah, there were Lords was their creature type. As Vincent mm, pointed out, that was out. the other reason. And uh, other Merfolk get plus one plus one and have Island Walk. So yeah, that's where uh, it's a two-two. So that's where uh, I assume that's where the Lord uh, title came from. With that, kind of missed the Lord creature type because I because it it because there was you're like sweet. I got another Lord to bump up all my other random. Well, at that point, I guess they had a lot more variability for their creature types. Now they're being a little more consistent, but so yeah. <laughs> They got rid of the Lord. Now they just, at least they put the creature type as opposed to just being a Lord type and not having the creature on there. I wish they would give me, I, I would like the return of, since car, since you can now have multiple creature types, is you. I think you could return some more fun, flavorful creature types and be like, oh, this is a citizen, legitimate business person. Like legitimate business person <laughs> is his creature type. It's like, that is just, flavor-wise, I thought it was such a fun card. Legitimate business, yeah, that is, that is. Uh, I like the fact that that's the actual name of it too, legitimate business person. And I think that captured the, uh, the feel captures the feel of the plane quite well. <laughs> and also just a fairly, I would say I would describe it as a fairly decent uh, common blue removal. If you're looking at draft where you can basically turn something fairly concerning into a, basically a vanilla one, one, I don't care if they block with it. Their Galia is no longer producing bonkers angels at that point. <laughs> And it is. I mean, for one blue mana, you really, I don't think you can go wrong on it. It's something you can throw out anytime. So are, Brent, are you planning to go to an in-person pre-release since New Capenna is a paper first pre-release, I guess, event for the first time in quite a while? Uh, I'll give the firm answer of, I don't know. Mine's a big <laughs> no, it, it because really, they pick the worst time because we have yeah. <laughs> It really concerts and like musicals going on, yep. like with kids, it's like no way. There's no way in heck. Yeah. So I I'll I'll give a firm maybe. Firm maybe with it, but yeah, no, it's uh if if there weren't uh family commitments, it would it would be a much more firm yes. How how like how like how many like time wise, like how much like how long does it take to go to say like a a a pre-release today? Like I have not been to a pre-release for a very long time oh. because of I blame my kids for everything yeah. because of my kids. Kids, yeah. Uh, like, is it like three hours, eight hours? I feel like it took forever. That's why I yeah. remember my mind. I'm I'm going to argue more four four to five ish hours. 
Okay. Because it depends on the number of people there, how many rounds you're going to have. But you basically write about 45 minutes to actually construct the deck and then a little time. And then you have the 50 50 minutes per round and then you have the time between rounds. But I I would argue four hours. Inevitably, uh, no matter what I put in for the family planner for the amount of time it'll be, if I I put in that amount of time, uh, I will somehow end up mistakenly falling into the top tier and end up having to stay later to play and get in trouble for it. (laughs) But yeah, I would argue about four hours. Okay. Four hours seems not including, you know, travel time, obviously, because it depends on where you live, how far you have to travel. But yeah, four hours. And it was it was generally a fun time. Everybody it's right. The cards are new. You're you're playing them, obviously, with all the spoilers. Now we're not legal spoilers. Pretty easy. Well, I mean, even like like they they will publish the full list. Yeah. Before the release happens. So you can see all the cards these days. Yeah. So you can see them. And so you have an idea of it. And, you know. Sometimes you're you're learning things as you're playing them. You know, uh, it's a it's a lower competitive level. So, uh, air quotes take backs. I think are allowed if your opponent is okay with it. You know, you're trying to figure out how a card works and it doesn't work the way that you thought it did. You, you know, with the uh, timing for removal or something. It's they seem like pretty uh, pretty nice events. It's good to have them back. And I do feel like that was maybe a little bit of an issue. Just maybe it's just the complexity of some of the cards in the set were occasionally. When you read them, I felt like it was very easy to misunderstand them. Uh, what was it? Was a blue green legend that would basically oh, uh, like the magpie make, thieving magpie, yeah, Lagrella the magpie is the yeah. one that I agree. I read it again, and I think I would still interpret it the wrong way, even now yes. I know what it means or what it's supposed to be doing. Well, uh, yeah, read it, enlighten us, because yes, I yeah. Know. Because I remember everyone's just like, what? <laughs> so Lagrella the Magpie, blue, white, green, so brokers uh, colors. A legendary creature, human soldier. It's an uncommon, of course. Uh, two, three. It has a chock full checkbox. Uh, so when Lagrella the Magpie enters the battlefield, exile any number of other target creatures controlled by different players until Lagrella leaves the battlefield. When an exiled card enters the battlefield under your control this way, you put two plus one, plus one counters on it. So I think where everybody's getting, I, and I still get confused, is exile any number of other target creatures controlled by different players. Mm-hmm. I would agree with everybody when I first read that. It sounded like some sort of weird Wrath of God type effect yeah. where I can just yeah. exile all the other creatures out there. But apparently it's one per player is how I'm supposed yes. to be reading it. Yes. I still don't that, get that. I still nope. don't understand how that is implied by how that text reads. My smooth brain is not getting that at all. <laughs> uh, this is a part of it. Well, yes. Yeah, Vincent brings up a good point of uh, this is a legendary creature. And it looks more likely this was designed. This is a commander design card that is in the main set, which mm-hmm. seems a little obviously you're going to have cards for every, you know, you want them for uh, every type of environment in the set, right? You want cards that are going to be good in uh, standard, whatever that is. <laughs> and then limited and you know, commander who knows what cards alchemy? are going to... Don't forget alchemy. I don't think in paper we have to worry about that. Alchemy. alchemy gets oh, it's gonna, somehow it's going to come. NFTs <laughs> are going to be on my card and it's going <laughs> to... The cloud will change my cards through the 5G microchips. Wizards is coming for my cards. They could do the little e-ink readers. That's the next step in magic. Just make each card be an e-ink. And then when they just... Ooh. They can just do updates on the fly. They and then push the card it out. Just, but then I can... Yeah, put like Faraday cage, Faraday cage sleeve so that right. my cards can't update. <laughs> oh, we can. 
a nice is it brass is that or copper uh is it made out does it matter which metal it's made uh, out well i think i think it could matter probably which metal but i mean pretty much any yeah i think and copper iron yeah. all, all those will could, work that would give a new meaning to the term cage match you can have a cage match with those cards Kinda. where the two of you and your opponent are in well, there. Into the Faraday no cage. cage. Yep, Only into the Faraday cage. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... <laughs> oh, so two oh, creatures okay. owned by different players. I, I still feel like it doesn't It doesn't read that to me. Yeah, it does, yeah. No, I just, Vincent's saying that it, it's, it's a Fiend Hunter, which Fiend Hunter, I've played with Fiend Hunter. Like, okay, yeah. That is a normal card, but yeah, the legendary, it's the fact that they've, it's, it was, uh, this looks like a card that might've been better just put into a commander set and not, yeah, they don't do those very often. Set. So, I mean, the commander, yeah, that the, long. no, no. Yeah. You're correct. Commander sets are done so infrequently anymore by wizards of the coast that, Oh, Hey, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Apparently a whole new other set <laughs> came out. This is where I get overwhelmed. Cause I'm like, and, and I feel like the player uh, cards are, it's even more text heavy. I feel like just because as kind of Vincent pointed out, just the wording to allow for, you know, basically different X values of other players gets to be complicated. And uh, there's the new white enchantment where everybody picks us at, in, at, in secret picks, either secret uh, power or uh, what was that new? It was a new white. Yeah. I got to find it. I know it's what you're talking about. And I felt I was getting, confused that I, I feel like the way i read it is me the person control oh no sorry it was a creature it was a new rhino like a cleric rhino let's see god there's no way it's Every, everyone's everyone's like oh it's impossible to find cards guys, anymore glad, glad you guys did your research <laughs> master of ceremonies I, master of ceremonies i found here so three and a white creature rhino druid this is from the commander capenisa three four at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent chooses money, friends, or secrets. For each player who chooses money, you and that player create a treasure token. For each player that chooses friends, you and that player create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature token. And then for each player who chooses secret, you and that player draw a card. So it seems like, it, I mean, they get to pick what they get, but you are getting everything, which seemed a little crazy to me. But yeah, keeping keeping track of that as that goes through. There's another there's another card which I like, but I would argue is in a similar vein, and it is also white. It's an enchantment, and I should have looked it up before I said this. So now, <laughs> awkward awkward silence, awkward silence. It's Smuggler's not... share. Okay, so that's the and one that be... is very that that's what's driven at least right now is driving up the cost of the brokers. Um, Precon, I think it's yes. their, their precon deck is at least based on MTG Goldfish is like worth twice as much money apparently right now than all the other so, ones. Yep. So a smuggler share, two and a white enchantment. At the beginning of each end step, draw a card for each opponent who drew two or more cards this turn. Then create a treasure token for each opponent who has who had two or more lands under the battlefield under their control this turn. It's more things that you're keeping track of while you're like you're trying to play. It's like when you're playing commander, you already have so many things that you're trying to figure. Now it's here's another one. Like, okay, well, when they play two or more, not just when they draw one or when they play one, it's when they've, you know, yeah, who's had two or more come in this. So make sure you keep track of that. Like, do, oh yeah, do you feel droid. like this complexity is this another 
I mean, if you got really cynical, is this a way to push people to to you know predominantly play digital magic? Because then the the client hopefully is tracking this for you. Uh, if I was a cynical person, I would agree with you, Tom. Because <laughs> it seems like, oh, you don't like taking track of everything. We just go play an arena. Yeah, does it for you. Look, it does it for you too, and and we can even change cards for you, huh? Mm-hmm. You don't like the, this card's it, not oh, working right. Not we can make some changes. Make it better. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Make all your treasures come into. I'm curious if they ever go back and be like, all treasures come into play tapped. That's just what they do now. That little yeah, token add tapped to that on their maybe they, That might do it. Vincent brought up a good point that the uh, the brokers deck, which doesn't seem to be popping. Well, the initial price isn't crazy, crazy, but yeah, it does have devoted druid in it, which that's a card originally out of Shadowmore. Uh, one in a green creature elf druid tap add. Uh, green mana to your mana pool, put a minus one, minus one counter on devoted druid, untap devoted druid. And it's a, it's a zero two, but uh, you can get all sorts of uh, shenanigans going with that. Uh, especially if you use it to uh, crew or do anything like that. And you can just keep going boop, 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 boop and kind of infinite mana engine there. It does require something else. It's not just by itself, but yeah, that's, that's part of the value in the uh, bedecked brokers. Commander deck. Luxure. Look up that one. I'm sure I see why it spiked because I thought the I thought it originally spiked when that oh. one that makes it into an, uh, an artifact the from the previous commander set that. Oh, oh, the bear. Uh, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. It's the bear. Oh man, this is. Oh, let's this is so sorry. There's so many cards, and then I feel like I, I, I don't, I can't learn the names, and they. It turned it into a vehicle, and then yeah, it was basically right. It was the it was like a bear with cup holders. Swift configuration. The, uh, Vincent yeah, is thank you. on this as usual. He's so great. So yeah, that that already uh, had already popped the price up. Here, let's let's go on MTG Stocks. Not a sponsor of Monday Night Magic, but a great website, uh, MTG Stocks, and you .com. can go and. MTGStocks.com. Yes. Card pricing information. Pricing. Oh, look at this. We don't. <laughs> I guess I should. Does Card Hoarder have a price tracker or no? Are they just uh, online? I think they have some version of it. Okay. Or they, they, they get my 92 cents a week. There you go. Yeah. Week. No, so amazing. Um, yeah. It looks like the price has gone up again. Uh, the market price as of today. Uh, let's see what's today. Well, I guess of Monday, market price was $8.10 for Devoted Druid. The average of ten dollars and fourteen cents. Sweet. So yeah, it's it's gone down a little. Uh, the all time low was forty four cents back in July, June twenty seventh of two thousand twelve, and the all time high was still more. I guess it was even popular then, though. For yeah, yeah, it, was, it was very yeah. popular. Those untapped from Shadowmore, they all had you could do shenanigans with them. They were pretty fun. And then the all time high of fourteen twenty five back in uh, May twenty ninth of two thousand seventeen. So yeah, the price had gone up for that. But yeah. So Devoted Druid, uh, Swift Reconfiguration, uh, Devoted Druid, and uh, Luxure. Luxure, I, I will speak for Vincent. And I sound, what do I sound like now? The uh, Oh, now I can't remember that Dr. Seuss book. Who speaks for the trees? The Lorax. Lorax? I am the Lorax to Vincent. I am Vincent's Lorax. Uh, the Luxure <laughs> Giada's Gift. <clears throat> it is one colorless for a legendary artifact equipment. Uh, equip creature gets plus one plus one for each counter on it, and equip permanent isn't a planeswalker and is a creature in addition to its other types. So loyalty abilities can still be activated. 
to equip a planeswalker, this costs one colorless mana, and to equip anything else, it costs three colorless mana. So this was part of the actual story. It's a story spotlight card, but yeah, this is uh can be used well with the devoted druid to whoop, put that on there, and because now you got plus one plus one for each counter on it. So as you put that minus one minus one counter on there, it also gets a plus one plus one counter. So there you go, and mana 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 mana, and yeah, just sticks around. Now I get it. I my mind has skipped over that it kept getting a plus one plus one for. Yep. The minus. Okay, now it's yep. making more sense. You know, so they all they all negate each other. So rock on, and uh, the pre-release prices on this uh, definitely seem to be up there twenty twenty plus dollars. But we're not we're not a finance podcast. Well, is that in the brokers? No, no, no. Okay, I was gonna no, say no. what? This is just from the set itself. Yeah. That'd be- okay, I was <laughs> like, Jesus, that's a good one. <laughs> if they it's put like that the old in- uh, uh, was on was GTA rat. Oh one yes, that they had the rat precon. So way back in. Man, which comma the original Kamigawa block, which not not a lot of fond memories, but I remember going around to Targets, well, everywhere, and just digging through to find those uh the rat's nest, right? That was the pre-con because mm-hmm. it had Umazawa's Jite in it. And oh, I yeah, it. It, was there, it was I'm trying to remember like what it was at that time. I feel like it was like a $30, $40 card at that <laughs> brief period of time. Um so yeah, it was like, well, this is I'm getting all these other cards for free. Oh yeah, and it was. Well, I mean, I think that I think back then it was only twenty bucks for that deck. It didn't cost that much. That was yeah. that was a good times. Good times. Actually, I, since I have that MGG stocks up, I'm gonna uh, if only if I can spell Umizawa. I'm kind of curious what the price was and its yeah, highest. Let's see. Let's see if highest it, was like, thirty well, thirty six bucks. So that that's I guess our memories are correct. Well, yeah, yeah, April twenty fourteen, and yeah, so it's Umizawa job. Umizawa's Jite has always been a uh, good card. Solid price too. Solid price. This is where I miss the, the uh, again, you might, you might remember Shinders, Brent, but this is where I, I miss Shinders uh, going through like their, cause you used to have like big, basically like bulk bins of magic cards. You know, like usually it was commons and uncommons. A lot of times some rares would get in there and, you know, kind of earlier days you'd wait till like some new set came out, something broke, you know, all of a sudden a commons worth $20. Yes. Run over the right way, be like, I'm gonna uh, find like 10 of them in this thing. It was an amazing value if you were willing to spend an hour yep. shuffling through cards. Yep, looking through all those cards. Oh, I didn't shinders, but yeah, local game stores going through and trying to find them. And or the or the the uh customers who would come in and act like they just they broken broken magic by finding this card, you know, going up and well, let's say it's 10 cents for a common and buying 10 of those commons. And then after they purchase them, they're like, ha ha, this card's worth $5. You're like, well, that was kind of a jerk move. Like they, cause this is before, well, it's not before internet, but it wasn't as, this is way back when you would still, you know, you had scry and inquest. So you, you'd have a little waiting period <laughs> to get updates on these prices. And yeah. Oh, okay. With, yeah. Now with the, uh, and all this online, you're, I mean, you get stuff. So, I mean, look at, well, who even trades, who even trades cards anymore? Back in now we sound really yeah, back in really. the day you would trade right like, you'd have yeah do you remember because I remember that I think every store had like that one person who's like goals I'm just gonna trade up from yep I don't know yep. like some you know dollar or two card and I'm gonna get up to a Juzam Din or you know like yep by just compulsive <laughs> trading and you know small increments of value over time to get to there and yeah I just I feel like trading doesn't really yeah I, I guess well a because of well, MTG Arena, you can't. I mean, I guess that's yep. one. But even on MTGO, I can't think of the last time I actually traded, not because I'm using a bot 
with card hoarder, but like with another actual human, I can't mm-hmm. even remember last time I traded. So on that, and then in person, it just does. I can't remember last time there's ever been a trade. I've seen a trade in person when I've been playing. I, I that just yeah, doesn't happen anymore. I, I, yeah, it's been many. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it. It used to be such a big thing. I had your trade binder and yep, you know, yep. You have your trade binder, and even I even have one of the old Ultra Pro cases. You know, I had the foam where you could put like six deck boxes in there and some dice, and then you had individual cards, and then you had a, a play a folder in there that you could put. Inquest or scry because you keep the magazine in there so you can have an mm-hmm. up-to-date prices as you're trading and then yeah once everything came out and you could do all that stuff online that just whew, went went by the wayside you could still do some trades and then that finally all went away with all the card stores that have come up and have uh kind of cornered the market but yeah we had we had some uh we had a couple sharks in there we had one shark in our area that's uh how he started a, a local gaming store was through the the value trades Okay, just Trade slowly accruing value. Slowly accruing value, and then finally had enough, and he uh, he uh, opened up a gaming store that's in the area. I'm not going to name the gaming store, but he opened up a gaming store in the area. Is it still around? I'm just curious. Oh, it's still around. Interesting. It's still around. Okay. It's gotten bigger. Uh, it's expanded. I uh, not not a fan of the individual. I believe okay. uh, if you know, so when a, a shark has a negative connotation to it, and that's how. Okay. I, taking advantage of like maybe younger players and stuff, which is where I that's I, exactly, I remember like that's stopping ex- trades. Like, yes. okay, I'm going to be the he, jerk. Be like, kid, you cannot. I mean, this is like I still remember like when dual lands started becoming clearly were becoming very valuable. But there's definitely it was a transition period where people did not know or maybe had old cards and they were coming back to playing again. And just be like, no, you know, you cannot. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a dad yet, but I'm not going to let you take advantage of a ten year old. Yeah, yeah, in, that in was that. That would be this case. That was uh, yeah. renowned for uh, sharking younger players, younger or more naive players. And I don't, uh, I don't agree with that. I think that's bogus. There's a difference between someone knowing the value of a card, being like, "No, I really want the shiny rat patron god," as opposed to as I was jitte. Let's use that rat's nest versus not knowing and then you know getting. Uh, getting screwed out of it, and so yeah, but yeah, there you go. There, that used to be back in the day. The uh, trade he he actually traded up, sharked his way up to uh, a gaming store, and it is it's one of the larger ones in the area. They've expanded uh, Warhammer 40k, uh, other things, and I think they have a decent presence. I have seen them listed on TCG Player. They have a decent presence. Oh, okay, there so too. like online. Perfect. Yeah, he's online too. Yep, yep. Yeah, there would be be interesting if that's kind of how you started though. But it's it's very challenging to shark now where it's yes. very easy to figure out a like i have that tcg player app on my phone where you you know a fairly decent card scan where you can literally just look at the card with your phone and be like i am worth probably this much money and be like okay with that tcg app which i i've used have you noticed that it definitely like it likes battery life like i've used that for half an hour and my battery just boo just goes oh yeah does it? My okay. youngest, okay. my youngest. I don't know why she just likes to scan the cards. I think to see how much they're worth. She, like that, she'll just do it for like an hour. She'll be like, just scan cards, yep. like going through yep. like my bin, and everyone she'll find like you know like some weird new combo comes out. Like oh, that's a five or ten dollar yep. random, you know, co- uncommon from gut whatever weird set ten years ago. Yep. And be like, oh weird, okay. Yep, that's yeah. Kids are great for that. Pro tip: use <laughs> your like, children to go through bulk. <laughs> What's this weird one on the bottom of the of the uh, closet? I'm like, I don't know what this. Oh, that's a chaos orb. Just laying at the bottom of my closet. Oh, 
So we played a KS Orb two weeks ago, I think. That's awesome. Is it in pretty good condition? Well, I mean, it is. Well, I have to look up probably like at least lightly played. I would say just because it was a Chaos Orb, so that thing definitely got flipped. Flipped <laughs> in real life. That's uh, awesome. A handful of times, at least, before we knew what the cards were worth. Before, because I still remember, like around like Antiquities Legends times, where we we started to learn that cards, you know, some cards were worth more than others. <laughs> um, and so there's that evolution of everybody. The card sleeves didn't exist for yep. a period of time. It just you didn't. That wasn't. It was like comic books. I guess you just didn't think of them as being something to keep forever yeah. or necessarily having inherent value besides mm-hmm. me having to buy packs. Yep. Um, but then, you know, we made fun of the poor, the poor guy in our play group that first started using the baseball card sleeves for his cards. He was like, what are you going to do? Play in the shower? Play in the rain? <laughs> so scared of your cards? And then about two weeks later, everybody's weren't using the penny card. <laughs> uh, the the baseball cards. It's like, okay, it's no really good idea, actually. Um, and then... The, the evolution to basically unaf- like personal proxies where you had like like one player to juice on din and this is where that became like it was like a fifty dollar card this was nuts yeah and it was like sandwich you could buy like for baseball cards it was like four inches like a bulletproof plastic on each side and you like would sandwich it was and would like screw together yep yep and then in your yep. deck you'd have like a proxy you'd be like oh I cast my juice on din you you pull out the, the physical artifact encased in plastic onto the, the battlefield. They, uh, and, um, people do something similar now with commander. I've seen people do it with commander. So they, they don't want to have, you know, let's say they have 10 commander decks. They don't have 10 mox diamonds. They don't have, you know, 10 of whatever dual they're playing. Uh, so okay. they will have basically think of like their trade binder. It will be their It's their proxy binder, but it's where the actual card is. And then in their deck, they have that proxy. Oh, they say, oh, take hey, its place. I, I am so Tropical then, Island. Do you put yes, Tropical Island I do on? have a Tropical Island, or they might not even take it out. They'll leave it in the binder, but to show, like, I own this card, but that way, instead of having having to have 10 copies of the card for 10, de- or taking out deck one to put in deck two, you're just using the proxy in the deck for that card that you have. Gotcha. Yeah, now, I know some I, people, I, yeah, still get yeah, up in arms about that, because they're like, well, you have to have the actual card for it. Nah, that's your play group. That's how you, that's your guys. Yeah, your, for it, whatever, but, your rule zero stuff, yep, you can figure I've it out. That. It, it is funny how when you've, you said you made fun of the uh, player who is putting them in penny sleeves, how we've taken something which, once again, magic is a game, right? It's a fun hobby. It makes you think. It's it's great. There's so many lanes you can go in with magic. And it's a commodity, right? There's so many trading. We have MTG stocks, so we can look at these prices, mtgstocks.com. Uh, you can, all these things, it's like somehow you have to monetize your hobby as opposed to just being like, it's a hobby. It's a game. I like to play. It's not like, a waste of time because it's worth money. I think that is where, and that's what, yeah. I mean, think of like just. It's, there's so content, many things. Content production. Like I used to, wherever, whatever my YouTube channel might be someday, it's like, I used to do the hobby, but now it has to have, you know, I guess that'll be a monetary value to be maybe viewed as worthwhile, I guess, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, maybe that's a little social commentary, not part of this, uh, not the focus of this podcast. But uh, I a little think darker than cocaine bear from last time. Cocaine bear. cocaine bear is just pure fun. <laughs> I feel a little sad about it. Like you, you can play magic. You want to spend more money on magic? That's fine too. If you don't want to spend as much money, that's fine. It's it's a hobby. You can have it. You like you you don't have to justify mm-hmm. playing magic. It's it's it can be a, a a fun time for you to do. You don't have to just you don't have to turn a profit on going to that pre release. And selling your cards at the max because, you know, the generally pre-release prices are higher than they are. They're going to be in a week or two. And, you know, like 
you can just play the game and have fun. <laughs> it's allowed. It, it does happen. But I get, I've, again, we're like, so we're not going to wax philosophical, but it's one of those things I, now being Brent and I were similar ages, now in my 40s, yep. I can tell my perspective on things have shifted from probably when I was maybe like 20. Be like, and maybe having kids, it's like stuff is just going to yeah. get destroyed. Like, yep, that was something yeah. I pr- yeah. I cherish that object. It's broken now. <laughs> it's broken. It's been it's truly destroyed. destroyed. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's destroyed. This does is a bank account. Does it actually matter? No. <laughs> no, no, it actually does not matter. We're totally it's, fine. It's, it's okay. Yeah, not not saying destroy your cards. Not saying that at all. Just you know, evaluate. Uh, to shout to another pot, brainstorm brewery, uh, Douglas Johnson. He's one of the hosts on Brainstorm Brewery. A while ago, he'd actually talked about some dual lands, and you know, some people have dual lands. And they keep the dual lands because, right, dual lands are a solid, right? They're on the reserve list. They're, but they're, they're not playing with the dual lands. Well, you know, maybe you should evaluate. What are you doing? Like, there's nothing wrong with keeping dual lands if you just want to keep them. That's your prerogative. Like collecting versus. Collecting versus playing. But also think that, like, you're not stuck there. Like, you know, are they really, are they providing you joy just sitting in those sleeves in a dark box? Or, you know, do you have them in a binder for display? Do you have them framed maybe and they're doing that? You know. Do you need to have a place out of them? Do you want to have a place out of them? You know, consider uh, the amount of joy that these cards bring to you. And yeah, whether it's worth all the trouble for constantly tracking them and, you know, yeah. Well, like I said, I sold a bunch of my power about four or five years ago to to build our gigantic playground. Where it's yep, just like, yep. you know, I had the, you know, I had the Lotus and stuff. And it's like, it was just in a binder. I mean, yep. it was fun to like bring, <sighs> be like, everybody's like, ooh, a Lotus, you know, that's, that's cool. But it's like, I'm not playing with it. I mean, you, there's not really a lot of formats you play with the Lotus. And so venture is like, what? like you said, it was like, what joy is it bringing really yeah. <laughs> kind of none in a yes. lot of ways besides yeah. memories. Be like, I remember buying this from the shady dude in McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's that's, yep. that's, that's the main memory. I was like, I can remember that without the black Lotus Lotus. there in my binder. Yeah. So yeah, we sold them, did a playground and we're still using it today. So it's like, Oh, should have kept them if I was just being monetarily fiscally responsible. But it, at the time I thought it was the right, it seemed like the right choice. And I think it's, I, I think it is. I had, uh, I had sold some quote unquote extra duels I had and some other cards that uh, I didn't realize had gone up so much in value. And that's what helped me uh, frame out and finish my basement. Like it's oh, really know, cool. You, so it's kind of same thing turning into like, yep. it is kind yep. of weird to sell these. And, and it was same with like some of like the cryptocurrency stuff I had had. It's like taking stuff that's, you know, small and, you know, I'll say kind of seeming not real in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and then turning into like large physical objects is kind of fun. Be like, I sold this car. Now I'm building a basement. That's yep. kind of amazing. Yep. <laughs> it's like helping. This is buying the lumber, paying for the labor. Like this is great, but yeah, this you don't hold that stuff or you get really yes. excited. I'm going yes. to yeah, yeah. build a tiki hut, which I did two years ago. <laughs> you built a Did I show you the pictures of my tiki hut that I built besides the pandemic? No. I'll to show you that too. So this was uh, early pandemic. Uh, so basically like that spring, summer, um, we have a pool uh, next to the pool where the pump, all the pump equipment is. I used, yeah. I cared for pools when I was, uh, you know, yeah. school, and that was like my job. So I knew how to take care of a basic pool. Uh, nothing crazy. And there was all these, uh, what kind of what kind of bushes were they? I'm sure I remember it was like an evergreen bush had the world's spikiest needles. I hated these dumb bushes. And they <laughs> grew everywhere, had half dead. So my wife's like, "Well, you should again." Part of my uh, you know 
you're married, so you have an ongoing passive-aggressive war that spans years. So she's like, you should go trim them. I'm like, I'll, I'll trim those bushes. I'll trim those bushes. <laughs> Maybe excessively, to the point that they're clearly not going to survive anymore. Well, the, look at the bush. It's terrible. I should just take them all out. So I did. <laughs> Half the point of being married. Uh, so the bushes, so now we have like this bare spot, and so try to to make it to appease a little bit since I was in trouble. Um was like we found plans online to to uh, basically to build a tiki hut. Um, cool. So I built it, and my dad was a carpenter, so I had to help as a child and a teenager. I hated it at that time, you know, <laughs> being forced to do unpaid manual labor, uh, but learned some skills that are actually helpful now later in life. Um, so yeah, it took it took me about five months because I did it all myself, and yeah. some parts of this are like six by sixes, so it's ooh. The thing probably oh. weighs like 5,000 pounds. <laughs> That's that a solid tiki hut. It's never moving. It'll, I don't think, I, I don't see how you could ever possibly move it outside of like a forklift. Um, but yeah, we built a tiki hut. I put windows and my wife has now decorated it to the nine yards as lights. We put a, we got an outdoor TV. It's like a TV that can Ooh. live outside. Oh, see? Bring it in the winter, but it can stay out in the, in the rain oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so now we can watch movies from the pool. We have a little fridge in her and it has like a, my wife got a, big piece of like cedar, like live edge. And she epoxied it. So it's like the bar top. Oh, see, look so at all that months. fancy. See, that's a, Yeah. But COVID is the perfect time for that. The this is before COVID. the shortage of pressure treated lumber as well. By done oh, okay, a year yeah. later, probably wouldn't have happened. <sighs> yeah. The cost of that was crazy. I think, I think Vincent's asleep in, uh, in discord. Sorry for it's hard hard to that stuff in from... philosophy. Well, no. no, we were talking about magic cards and try, like, you know, get some joy out of them. Get it's, you know, different ways that you can play magic, right? There's commander, there's, there's standard, there's draft, there's sealed, there's kitchen table magic. I mean, isn't that the majority of magic players are kitchen table magic? You're just playing Seems with your like friends and the popularity of commander and that I know competitive commander, you know, is maybe a little bit of a different beast, but oh. it seems like they have identified their most, either the biggest, most profitable, maybe both at the same time. Um, yeah, that's... I guess magic genre and you know, not necessarily a bad thing, but they clearly have identified that is a group that they want to get new content to on a regular basis. Yes. Oh yeah. They're definitely, uh, I think commander has, uh, held up well. I, I've obviously, I think they're selling a lot of cards. Is, is there any way to like figure out does, does magic, uh, wizards of the coast or Hasbro ever release any reports? Maybe that somehow would highlight the amount of money that oh. makes you want to gouge your own eyes out. But yes. Oh. So oh, uh, yeah, Vince and I chat where we are. Oh, all of us were chatting on discord yesterday a little bit. So Hasbro had its, I don't, the business quarters don't make sense to like calendar quarters, but they had their quarter financial results come out where they look at the previous quarter, do predictions for the next one. Um, and Hasbro, it's a big company. Now it has their, basically their, I'll call it like their board game division which is not doing super well based on these it makes a, a <laughs> revenue but it's we'll say like a tenth of what they're seeing from basically wizards of the coast um with D and magic making impressive and seemingly growing kind of revenue and profit kind of year to year uh, and this does seem to support we talked about the whole hedge fund johnny magic weirdness oh. out there that you know there was this push to spin it out because that does appear to be probably their in a lot of ways, one of their strongest components. Uh, I also do love that My Little Ponies apparently is still a powerhouse of like revenue. Like I said, it literally doubled 
that surprised <laughs> me. And that they my Peppa Pig is also apparently now a Hasbro product or managed somehow. I didn't quite get that into it, but uh, also Peppa Pig doing really well. So I was happy because I like I like Daddy Pig and his big belly. <laughs> I am I am not a uh, Peppa Pig. Uh, that was not uh, that was a little later for my children, but uh, my little pony was definitely over. I actually even got the uh, ponies, the galloping box set. Well, yeah, that, that was, that was released. basically we would call it. It would be a secret layer now, but it was wherever they called them like at that time. Yep. Yep. With the three. What, what three are I have to look it up because I'm assuming I'm Pinkie sorry. Pie, Rainbow Dash, and I'm not sure who the third would be. But. Oh, look, somebody's all over it. Let's see. Uh, it has. Uh, Rarity, oh, Double-Faced, okay, Nightmare Moon, Princess Luna, and Princess Twilight Sparkle. Oh. And they are it's... silver bordered. And they are all still in there. So this is from October of 2019. But yes, I did actually, I was able to snag because this was for, uh, it was uh, before Secret Lair. Yeah, was it like, didn't they usually do these at like, um, like the big, one of the big conventions, didn't they usually release these kind of weird silver bordered sets? Yeah, um, Hascon had one before where they did it with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Nerf, and Transformers. Okay, Transformers and Nerf. I don't remember that one actually. I should look those yeah, I up. Thought th- yeah, I thought there was a Nerf. It was a three P. There was a, a Nerf Nerf gun for it. And uh, yeah, this was uh, yeah, this was uh, for Seattle Children's Hospital. It's an extra life to benefit Seattle Children's Hospital. Yeah, so I was like, Nerf hey, that's war. awesome. Yeah, here yeah. we go. So, yeah, Hascon twenty seventeen. I'll just read out because I had not seen this one. So three blue and a red. It's a sorcery. It says fire a nerf blaster until empty a target library from at least two meters away. For each <laughs> card knocked off that library, put it into its owner's graveyard and nerf war deals a half damage to that player. Foam darts only. <laughs> Interesting. I had not seen that one. Can you modify the foam darts? And it is not saying that I can't add something to. I'm a sp- the the art of the picture seems to show what I would call the canon traditional blue foam with an orange tip nerf dart. That's what it is. What it's showing. You know, there's a there's a thriving nerf mod community, especially with a 3D printer. Delved, I have delved a little bit into that because okay. I know there's a a guy that's basically created his own company making these like, and now they're making like their own. You know, they're not nerf branded yeah. foam dart guns. Uh, but yeah, all the 3D printed like mods to like improve their accuracy and all the other stuff was kind of it is crazy the hobbies people get into and then sometimes the depth of which they, they get into that hobby is amazing. Yeah, this is, well you can't obviously you can't see it on the podcast, but that's the, that's a rail for a flashlight holder. I'm trying Sweet. to work on for yeah, you can do all sorts of stuff. I would get into Nerf. Oh yeah, Nerf is a uh, Hasbro. So see, there we go. It's it's still semi related to Magic. Oh, I, so yeah, you're right. Right? Actually, yeah. Three yeah. D so printers a, again. It's still very much a you don't oh, need one, but they are a lot of fun. I'll be they, they are. You can hey, if you really want to, you can three D print your own deck boxes. I'm I'm stuck trying to figure out how to. Uh, it's not emboss it. You know, get the lettering on them so I can make custom ones for friends. Like you know, oh. Dredge sucks or. You know things like that get that actually printed so it's inlaid on the uh, oh not not X but in yeah I in guess. yeah okay so it's not like sticking out but yeah you can do a fair amount you you'd be amazed at what uh print out uh, print it off uh, this is a Boros coaster nice. a coaster with the Boros logo on it now I know it's not uh, white and red it is just gray but yep. uh if you have a three D printer 
it's annoying to change the filament, so you usually just print whatever color you have until you go to your next one, unless you yep, yep. really need it to be a specific color. It's a, it's not that bad. Mine is just trying to figure out how to... I'm not like your computer science. You're very intelligent in that and able to do that. I'm not uh, secure enough to go into, is it called the G-code, and try and set a stop at a certain point in it, so that way you can switch out, so you can do two colors from a single extruder. Very putsy. I, 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 yeah. I would not... I think mine can... You can do that. I have never done it because it's okay. just, that's just too annoying to do. Yeah. I would yeah. want to spend the money to get like a dual or you know triple yeah. extruder one where it does it automatically for you. Yeah, dual. But you can if you're a Magic player and you, I'm sure you're already aware. If you have a uh, 3D printer, you can 3D print your own deck boxes. You can do custom deck boxes. You can do pretty simple ones. Uh, the ones I have are uh, similar in design to a certain company. Uh, I don't want to say the name because I can't. Well, think they, exactly they, do they make really good like like ultra level or like premium yeah. level items? Or yeah, they would, might would be, be premium. Akin to maybe like a maybe like an like some sort of mythical animal like a dragon. Yep, and they they help uh, they help protect or guard the cards. Got it. Got it. And yeah, uh, yeah they fit together. I mean, it's solid like a rock, and <laughs> it just they it goes together great, and they work. And so you can't do. That. How did we even get on that? How did I get this? from three oh from nerf to three it's i'm trying nerf, to follow you, you the showed your little yeah your little um your the little flashlight rail tactical your... adapter but uh yes <laughs> it's all related my flashlight holder whoa <laughs> oh, my goodness whoa you can print all sorts of things <laughs> with the 3d printer you can uh, yeah it, the the sky is the limit other than what the actual print size is tom's the one who got me onto uh lightsabers Printed oh, lightsabers. Yeah, I think they're actually they're pretty easy to print out, and especially that is where I do change the color for the blade versus the hilt because yes. I, I got some nice translucent like green, purple, red. Ooh! Uh, so I can make like you know Sith ones, or if they want an Obi Wan Kenobi versus a Luke, you can yep. make the right color blade. Yeah, these are and these are things you can do. You know what's great? You can have the three D printer going while you're playing spell table on your, you know, other while you're organizing your cards, you're doing some things. There's all sorts of things that you can do. Maybe you're going through your cards and you're uh, going to list them to sell to whatever shop you're TCG player, or you can trade them on a uh, what's that? Cardsphere. Cardsphere is actually a, a pretty good site if you're. I don't uh, think I've ever heard of Cardsphere to be honest. Okay, did you ever hear of Puka Trade? Yes. Think of Puka Trade, but with legitimate cash. Okay, not Cards the Puka, not the Puka Bucks, not Puka, Bucks yeah, not Puka Points or whatever, you know, Dave and Buster's, whatever magic money they use. Cardsphere is cardsphere.com. It's just using actual US based dollar. And yeah, you can go on there and put in for, you know, wants, needs, and then get things met that way. And those are, oh. that's a great way for cards that you might not be able to, uh, that's not a buy list. So, right, a buy list, you'd go to, I'll use the card, card kingdom. kingdom. Like, like yes. that's, that's how I sold have, a bunch of my stuff. Was, yep. If it was on Card Kingdom's buy list, that was, I know I'm not getting the maximum value, but it's really easy. Easy. There it is. It is, it is easy. And if you do the store credit, you get more for it. Well, maybe you don't feel like setting up the store on TCG Player. You think that's too big a barrier. You don't want to go through a third party. On Cardsphere, you can set up that way where it's basically like a, a trade. So, you do get a, a not a, like a reserve. You kind of have like a bank that you work on with it, but yeah, you can use Cardsphere, and that's a great way for cards that you can't buy list. And it might be, you know, Joe Schmo is on there is looking for some card that, you know, would never find otherwise. And ta-da, there you go. You have it out of your bulk or whatever. He doesn't feel like paying 25 cents for this five cent card. You have it and you can set it up as a trade or uh, huh, just send it out so to him. 
is card sphere are they act i mean are they like holding the cards in the interim or is it is it like directly it goes goes from me to joe schmo my understanding is it's direct you to joe schmo okay there are some safeguards in there for it and uh with that like if you just you can just send it one way you don't have to get the trade back so you can accrue a balance in there if okay. you withdraw from that balance i believe it is a 10 percent service fee okay so you when can you withdraw so like if I, value to a point yep. But to a point, yeah, and then you take out, you're like, I need to, I haven't taken any money out, so I'm not worried about it, but I don't, let's say I don't even have $100, but let's say $100, I think you'd only get 90 of it because they take 10% of like as their service fee. That's only if you're withdrawing. If you're going like back and forth, I do not believe that applies at all. Okay, I'll check that out Cards Cardsphere, okay. Yeah, Cardsphere, just check it out and see. It's I don't use it all the time because generally it's, I'm like, I have my kids go through, if it's on a buy list, we pull it, whoop. Once we have enough you of it, you make your kids do it too. There you go. Parenting oh, tip there. Kids oh, equals dude. free manual labor. Kids. My dad taught me oh. that. Oh, it works. It, right. And it gets past those laws, right? Because family gets past those yep. labor laws. So I, you can do I it. I know this oh. directly because of our friends that own a pizza restaurant. Their children could work there. It was like starting at like eight. It was some ridiculously young age they can start working in the family restaurant yeah. or family. See how great that is? Have your kids go through and, you know, I try and keep mine semi. I have one of those big 5,000 count boxes. I was like, well, you're in it. You know, as I get cards, I'm like, ah, oh, these aren't working and put them in there. Have them go through every once in a while, do it. Even if you want to, you can promise them a cut of it. My kids are older now. My oldest is 18. So oh, like, they'll do anything for I, cash. Like, okay. I, yeah. Yeah. These are the candy bar won't cut it anymore. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, plasma. Those needles. Oh, I still remember because uh, at the University of Minnesota, the plasma donation place was right next to Arby's. So everybody <laughs> just, it was like this direct line, bus stop, plasma, Arby's. Arby's. Yeah. If you, if you, so in the United States, for those of us who are, who, if you're not in the United States, in the United States, you can't sell your blood. That's a whole other thing. But you can sell your plasma, which that is, is a legal, component of the red cells back in, which is still <laughs> the withered husks still, come out the other side to get their <laughs> roast Well, if you really want to go into it, it's funny, right? Yeah, so you can sell the plasma. But the needles that they use to get that plasma, it's these like are list. not small. This is not, I'm getting, you know, a uh, COVID shot. These are like pencil sized. It's, they're terrifying. I, I couldn't <laughs> they, do it. They are. You will. I will. If you do uh, plasma donations frequently, which you can do them, it depends twice monthly, right? Yeah, I know they have it's rules. Re- I think it's also based on like maybe your body weight. Too, your body weight. Yep, they do that and disease status. Uh, you will develop track marks. I have, have friends who have never done any oh, illegal drugs. Tra- they have track marks from plasma what? donations. They donated that much. Donate. That makes sense that much plasma but they use those for blood products and that but it's funny right you can't donate blood but you can't donate plasma Mm -hmm. but when you you donate your when you donate your blood you know what the red cross does the red cross then sells that blood to the hospital so you're giving your blood for the red cross to sell it to the hospital and then the hospital charges you to use that blood if you ever have a procedure it's a scam but whatever that's not the purpose we won't get into it conspiracy back to wizards Wizards they, they seems to be for profit food shelves that I've had to work with. Where it's like, wait a what for for no. profit? Yeah, like in the Midwest, oh, yeah. second, second harvest, which is a very well known yeah. food shelf. They're they're a for they're profit. For, oh no! Oh, I can't go to I I can't go down like the cheating magic they gather. I can't go down that route again. I can't. <laughs> no, I was half a day like how we did work for a do community this? food shelf, and they they hated second harvest because of kind of their it's always kind of their business practices for lack of a better term i did not know that they were for profit oh yeah. 
I believe oh, they bad. are. I don't think they're technically a nonprofit. I guess I did oh. not check it. I'm going by what the people at oh, this other. Yeah. Yep, it's a private. Well, no, it's here it says it's a private nonprofit. But let's see, that's from their website. So I don't know. Uh, I don't. Well, it says it's a 501c organization. So is that a form? Or yeah, somehow are they, are they do, there's, but there's like more money involved or is that like Maybe direct donations yeah. where they do buy food and it was, there was a bad reputation among like yeah, no, other types yeah, of food shelves. Yeah. So, so maybe for profit, maybe that's not the right term I should use, but shady there was, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Money involved. Uh, you know, and around. you know where there's a lot of money involved? Wizards of the Coast. They're getting, what, 11% more on yes. tax going forward? So, so we got the news this past week that uh, financial results looks like uh, Hasbro and specifically Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons are doing great. And in related news, there's going to be an 11% increase in uh, product draft boosters, set boosters, collector boosters, jumpstart. I mean, it's, was it pretty much everything other than the, the uh, commander product that's coming out now for new Capenna? I thought it's everything beyond that. Now prices are expected to go up to 11%, which is a little funny because remember, there's no MSRP for wizards products. Yeah, no, as um, and I was kind of curious too, where it, it also seems to be increasing maybe the the difference between paper and digital magic. Where yeah, uh, like uh, I guess I did read it close enough to know if like MTGO pack prices were going to be going up the same, like that same eleven percent. Are they or no? I could I didn't I, thought, I could, oh. if it said or if it did I couldn't find the specifics of it. Vincent brings up a good point. Commander products already increasing in price. That's true. Which if it is increasing in price. Hey, you know what would be great? Maybe you could do some like better lands, mana value in or uh, mana base in in the commander decks. I mean, like really look at look at the lands that are in there. Like I don't I, I think they could I think they could do better. If they're gonna increase the price of the commander decks, do some better things in there. And a, a mana base is great because you know what? You can take it apart, pull those things out, do that. You gotta have a mana base. Oh, it has yeah. one, it has so they're an enemy filter. You know what? I, I I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a cynical butt here hole here. Uh, I think they could do a lot better. An enemy filter is really not like really like. Oh, here you go, here you go. Here's an enemy filter for your no, no. They could do better. They could do better. Wizards, you could do better with your mana base and the all these lands that you have in the commander decks. If you're increasing the price, that they're improved. They have been. Had it been. I thought it was only a few years ago that they had, man, which lands are those called? I got it. All these names for lands. Uh, what's uh, Dragon Skull Summit? What what uh, land is that? Is that uh, there's a tap, tap, no, not tap lands. What, what's the name for that uh, sequence of land cards? You know, they enter tapped unless you control a swamp or a mountain or, you know, a plains or a forest or check lands. Yeah, right. Didn't they? It wasn't even I that didn't, those had like a name said, to them. Okay. Check yeah, lands didn't they and... even have check lands in there? I don't. And they're, and then the ones that have two or less lands or two or more lands. Two or more, there's yeah. lots of options. So I, I, I think they could, I think they can improve on. So let, let's see what we got here. We got, uh, well, here we'll pull up uh, Maestro's Massacre. This one looks like that's one. So what do we got in Ash Barrens? Let's see. Oh, we got, oh, we got Cascade Bluffs. So there we go. That's, there we go. Let's see. Darkwater Catacombs. <laughs> see, we need the, the, uh, was it the wet diarrhea sound? Oh, that we my get God. That for the I land. think it was. 
Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Oh, we got five mountains. That's good. We got mirrored landscape. Not bad. Path ancestry. We got Shadow Blood Ridge. Okay. So these are, and wasn't that originally out of uh, Onslaught? Let's see. Too many cards now. Just put it. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Or Odyssey, not Onslaught. My bad. Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. Oh, that's good. They got that. Keeping it. We got, let's see, Sunken Hollow. We got a Temple. And we got some Thriving in there. Yeah, it was a, so bad they could throw a, a shock a shock land in there. Heck, they even did that in a few of the when they had the precon. Like, put some value. In it. Imagine you're a new player. I guess that's not for these, but for the precons. Imagine you're a new player coming in. You're like, oh, cool. Here's these precons I can use to play at my, you know, let's Friday Night Magic or standard. And then you go and they're like, yeah, all these lands. You got to switch them out for this. Put some value in it. Put two cards and they get bought out. They get bought. It's. I understand. Vincent's bringing up a good point, right? If you put too much good stuff in there, what happens? People like me that went around all the targets buying uh, rat's nests so you can get him out his jitte. <laughs> That's what happens. Uh, they don't go to the people who need that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think if it's out there, it's just, I know rat's nest wasn't a good situation. I, I, not saying it was a good situation. I feel bad. That- it was a good value situation. <laughs> it was a good well. value. Well, the people on the podcast can't hear. So it's like you can see. It's like you're arguing with someone who's deaf and they're using you know hand signals or whatever. And you're trying to argue with them. They're only hearing half of this debate. Uh, so Vincent's saying it wasn't long ago when they didn't have any rare duels at all. And that if they put too many good cards in there, then they get bought out and they don't go to the people who need them. And uh, Rat's Nest wasn't a good situation. Neither was Mind Seize. No, but could you counter? Could we counter argue the Mind Seize? That's irrelevant now, right? Because don't they now print a demand for those products? So it's a, right. Mind Seize when that came out, you had to get all five of those Commander decks when you ordered them as a as a store. So what was happening hmm. is they were ordering them. Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, the Simpsons. Homer goes into the fridge and they have Neapolitan ice cream. But guess what? All the chocolate's gone because he only eats chocolate. So he opens up the next container of Neapolitan ice cream and all the chocolate's gone. And he yells at Marge. And he says, Marge, we need more of that three color ice cream. That was what was happening with Mind Seas. You would, the stores would get the five or four, whatever. And then they would take out the Mind Seas and the other ones would just sit there. They, the value on them was crap because Mind Seas was the one that was selling for. Do you know the name of the card? Do you know its true name? I don't. True name nemesis. It was that was the one. Uh, okay. Yeah, true name nemesis. So that was what you still have to get them all in equal measure. Uh, Vincent's saying that you still have to get all the cards equal measure. Okay, so maybe it is you can only order them as the package together. Being corrected on that, I I still think wizards could do better with the mana bases in these precons, and they don't have to make them insane, but they could still do they could do better than what they're currently doing. That is that is my argument, and when they push out their little, and I know profit revenue is different, blah blah blah. But when they push out this stuff, I think they could do it. They're they're pieces of cardboard. They're cardboard rectangles. It they should make cost. it like honor system. Like you know, when you buy like candy where it says you know not package for individual resale, <laughs> the three guys just be like, you can't sell these lands. This this you is this is, a, this is a this is a plateau. But you can't sell this plateau. So then you just head over to the bodega, and that's where you buy them, anyways, because you know they're all broken apart. <laughs> this is what it has in this cart. Yes, yes. I, Vincent, we're on the same side. We're both players. You don't, you're saying you don't want to see more awesome lands in these commander decks. More is I, are, are, does all do our argument? Is this the meme with the two astronauts? Do all arguments lead back? 
to the uh, reserve list? Is that like every magic yeah. argument's going to leave it? Is this about it's always been the reserve list? Like, is <laughs> I feel like that's such a unique thing, though, too. I guess like a collectible. I'm trying to think if there's. I'm trying to think if there's even like yeah. in sports cards, they have reprinted, you know, class cards. Obviously, it's not the original card because, you know, yeah. that's the original Mickey Mantle, but they've basically reprinted what looks like the new. It's the Mickey Mantle rookie card, but it's clearly a modern day print of it. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's such a weird, maybe almost like a unique thing to magic where there is this kind of self inflicted limitation of what they can do to preserve value of old cards. Yes. Yes. That's why. Well, I'm so old. I remember when Ravnica, when the Shocklands came out, that was insane. This was like, this is great. The Shocklands, right? Like, look at this. I could get a sacred foundry. It's, it's a plains and it's a mountain. And if I pay two life, it can come into play on tap. Like it's close enough. I'll take it. It is cl- Honestly, for a, f- for the, my whopping, I think I have two commander decks that aren't pre-cons. It's really not that big of a deal to use a sacred foundry over a plateau. Like that to me, like that is, and I, I think there are some commander players that would argue that like, yeah, Shockland could take the place of that dual land. If you're, you know, if you're hard up for cash or doing that. It can sell now based on I don't want to spend five hundred dollars on exactly. a single card. Exactly, right? I don't feel like spending three well, you know, hey, we have or it. I can Let's get use like three years of uh Xbox Game Pass on my PC and play kind of everything yeah, forever. Forever. I don't feel like spending three hundred and fifty five dollars and ninety nine cents on a revised plateau, which is the average price. <laughs> That's not me. That's Jerry, me. Do you, do you have a car alarm going off? Hold on. I apologize. I have a weather radio. Uh, that's the first time it's ever gone off. Really? So you have a weather emergency coming on. I, I was have, like, it's kind of like some sort of alarm. I'm not going to lie. Yes, I thought it was an alarm and I don't have my alarm stick. AKA uh, self-defense in my room here. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have my base, my, my sports bat. Yeah. I don't have. <laughs> uh, that was fascinating. That was, I apologize. I'm sorry. Sorry for every, sorry. Sorry for all the listeners. I apologize. I might get I'm to sorry. see my third dead body here soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, Vincent does bring up a good point that, uh, I'm, I'm trying to turn off my weather radio. I apologize. No, it's, it's you got to know if it's going to be snowing outside. Because you, you may not have the advanced weather stick, which I don't know if that was like a a joke gift in where you grew up, where you had the the weather stick that told you the weather. If the yep. stick is wet, it's raining. If the stick is yep. moving, it's windy. <laughs> yep, that was. Yep, we, we had that too at the camp. Yep, you would have that. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. That's I think great. there's always next, like at the craft sales, next to the can of pickled butts, where people like take like the pantyhose and stuff them and stitch it, so it looked like a little butt, and it'd be a, a jar of butts, pickled butts. Yep, it seems it seems uh, common. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not a Midwest thing, but uh, camping thing. But yes, uh, Vincent brings up a good point. Get back magic. I apologize for the off. Um, uh, commander decks can sell based on the new cards. They don't need the. Uh, fancy, fancy lands as much. I would argue more for like when they're doing these pre-cons, like they did the Pioneer ones, and now they have they have ones for standard, like, you know, mono white or things like that. 
they could up it a little, just a little, little tease, maybe a little, you know, shock line. Well, shock lines aren't in standard, little, but you know, there's a little bit of value. I mean, every base, I think everyone has a soul ring in it. Most of them have yep. an arcane signet. So yep. I feel like they yep. are, uh, Felwar stone. I feel like they are trying to, you know, improve a little bit of some of those, you know, that were sort of oddly expensive, you know, man acceleration, but again, not the lands with it. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, more expl- Yeah, that is a balancing act. It brings up a good point. That is definitely a balancing act because you want to have value in there, but not too much value. And yeah. Oh, that's okay. That's I'm, I was like, oh, crap, my alarm going off. Yeah, I, I guess I have enjoyed the, the commander precons in general, though, especially for you know, like the dad group, we have a sort of like a dad play group and, you know, they, they know, I mean, they, they know, they know magic, you know, they're not actively following magic news really in any fashion. Uh, but like when the D and D sets came out, we, we got the pre-cons there for the commander and that way we could play magic. They don't have to worry about like collecting cards or keeping up on a meta. We just basically like trade around, take turns playing the different pre-cons. Everybody has a good time. We're playing magic and it's, you know, it's almost more like a living card game version of magic, the gathering, like yep. you get from, uh, uh, the place here in Minnesota. I'm having a brain fart here. Fantasy Flight Games, like with their living card games. Okay, yeah. Yeah, no, those, and those pre-cons were pretty good. The Dungeons & Dragons one? I, yeah, in they're, fact, they're I just, a lot of fun. I, uh, the one I picked up, I didn't know I had the uh, the Aura of Courage. The, the well, not Bant, what are we calling it? Uh, brokers. It would it, those colors. Yeah, that had some, uh, that had some decent, when I go value, that had some decent value in it too. I was pleasantly surprised. And we will not talk about unofficial spoilers, but it is kind of interesting yep, that we'll be getting an upcoming, you know, Baldur's Gate set. I'm just going to say we know yep. what's coming out yep. in the future. Yep. There's a Baldur's Gate set coming out in the future. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah. They, they, I'm assuming they'll start official previews at some point. So we will some, bring it up then. Has to be soon. Who knows? Well, we've got the pre-release on Friday, right? This, this weekend's the pre-release for New Capenna, which I'm sure means that we're going to start getting spoilers for the next Magic set. Come Monday. That <laughs> is kind of crazy where there's almost not a, there's almost not a spoiler season now, or there's very brief. Cause I feel like that was such a big deal for a long time where, you know, it happened like every three months you got your sort of preview spoiler run. And now it's kind constant. of constant or it's like happening at the same time. I mean, basically we had sort of Capenna commander happening as I guess, standard command i'm not sure what you call yep. it, premium set yep. what, what's the camera what the right term is for like it's, what new is it a premiere set what do they premiere set oh. sounds good enough to me i mean i, I know what say, you're saying this now. um since, they, well, since we don't have core and expansions anymore but well don't forget they still uh uh premiere is the term yeah don't forget there's still infinity remember that kind of oh. got like whoop it kind of pushed back so we still have that to, that to i, know, I forgot out. that they had yeah, yep, and like a yep. sci-fi, set. sci-fi. Sign me with up. The, I'm down with that. The uh, new art for the Shocklands. See, so there's a way they can get shocks out there. They can do that. Uh, there you go. Vincent brings up that uh, Capenna Alchemy should launch next month. So, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is appropriate. That is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's probably the only reason I'll play some arenas is to do some. You know, uh, bot drafts. That's probably the only thing. Otherwise, for actual playing, I'm sticking with uh, Baldur's Gate Alchemy July. Okay, that's a nightmare. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yep. Wait, wait, a, that, that's Jumpstart 2022. Yep, we have Double Masters 2022. This is... 
I get yeah. It, it's I it's I well, like I know Jumpstart. I feel like there's yeah, there's so many it's hard for me to keep track of like what they're what they're meant for. Jumpstart, Jumpstart was that the one that had like themes to it? Like yes, they had okay. themes and they uh, different. In fact, here I'll even show. This is this is leading into the three D print. So I three D printed little cases for the, each of the Jumpstart decks that oh, I got. Oh, like the so okay, like you a, can take two of them and you make was. a deck. Yep, yeah, yep. You take two of them and then you can make a deck. And it's actually it's a good product for I try to teach my uh, kids magic okay, by doing. Uh, yeah, so I think I think I think both of mine would be they could kind of get into it. I think now, so that's a good one. I should think I should keep an eye out for the next jumpstart. Would be probably perfect. I guess I don't. know. How much is the previous jumpstart like cheap now? I mean, because sometimes like still, most have, um at uh, certain box stores. I've seen them for uh, the four pack, which would be two decks if for twenty dollars. Okay, so that's not too bad. I'll, yeah, I'll take a look bad. for jumpstart because that would be. And again, we don't. I don't have to worry about like sleeping cards. We can just kind of play them and you know have fun. And yep. All right, John. That's a guys. That's a lot of magic. It is. We'll be back next week with. <laughs> oh I'm trying to think. There's probably be some sort of calamity will happen. I just oh, have to assume be. there will be, or there'll be more previews of something else. There, there will. It's a nonstop. It is a a C diff diarrhea of magic information every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cholera, C diff together, <laughs> making a super diarrhea. <laughs> Camera, I saw a comedy movie where they they referred to it as the black shits. I don't know what movie that was. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the black shits. Yeah, that's that's what uh, that's what magic news is. Yeah, the Warhammer Commander. Uh, Vincent said the Warhammer what? Commander decks, I believe, are still yeah September twenty twenty two. I thought is the goal for yeah. I forgot that's a command. Yeah, I don't even know if I knew those existed. Actually, oh, never mind. I would say I forgot them all, but I don't think I remember them in the first place to forget. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't. That's how that's what? how it works, right? Keep flooding with information, and you're just uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wish people could have seen the hand motions that Brent did with his uh, <laughs> overwhelming sound. Well, it was suggestive. You can do it. Uh, look up. Uh, Charles Barkley churros. You will see that gift. <laughs> that is pretty much what I just did there. Ah, the Charles Barkley churros. I pulled that up, or one of you guys posted. I think in Discord yes. that was phenomenal. That that is that is what happened. That's magic. That's Wizards of the Coast giving you information. Ah, just yeah, it's churros galore. Oh my whatever. God, I, hopefully, he's a nice person in real life because he is sort of a treasure. Like him, him just being Charles Barkley is kind of something else. Not even his basketball persona, just. Charles yeah. Barkley. Just Charles Barkley. He's good. Lord of the Rings is delayed to 2023 at least. So that's oh yeah, I'm I'm magic. I'm magic for the day. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like that. But I, I'm gonna research jumpstart. That sounds like fun for the yeah. for the yeah. kids. And we'll be back next week with, like you said, probably new previews. And <laughs> it would be nice uh, once we start getting the official previews for the Baldur's Gate Commander product. That yes. I think will be pretty exciting because I've yes. That is always. I was amazed it took him this long to to kind of do it. It's like it always seemed like such a perfect combination of magic and D anD D, especially when they owned both for a long time. So it's like, where? Like, when are you going to do this? And then they did it, and you know, Push it. they kind of fixed some of it, I guess, with alchemy or at least like the power level of the dungeons. Uh, yeah, uh, I've had theories about new dungeons coming out. I'm hoping that becomes true. I'm hoping so, it does too. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see what happens there. I think that would be very cool. 
So yeah, so join us next week again. Thank you, Brent. Uh, thank you, Vincent, on kind of the the the, well, the ones and twos we'll say there uh, for another fun episode. Actually, pretty fairly magic focused. I'm, yeah, I, yes. I, we should all pat ourselves on the back. That was a, a an actual magic podcast. Because <laughs> yeah, there's I didn't have enough time to research you know weird animals or animals doing Halo or anything like that. We'll get this. we'll get it. We'll get it. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Just I still like that story. Just kind of. We could, we could, they, they, he could fit easy in no magic set. Pablo Escobar, right? Make it a two-two. Give him blitz. That's one of the current sets, right? Because he comes mm-hmm. in, does his damage, and then he's done. You have to sacrifice him, but you get to draw a card. Like I bet, yeah. I'll say anybody that's good with Photoshop. You want to Photoshop in a Pablo Escobar magic card? There you go. We can make it happen. Yeah, try. Well, we that it, it would have to be even more than blitz. Oh, well, it, would, it, would it be like a three-three? Well, no, I'd say it's cast it normally. Uh, two two, and then in like uh, a dating me like a chroma level of just all these abilities. Yeah, it because it, leave behind like a counter or maybe a treasure somehow. Or treasure. I wish we had Halo as like an artifact because it would leave the Halo behind <laughs> after it dies. That would be perfect. <laughs> leave, leave eighty Halo tokens. Yeah, like a treasure chest. <laughs> left behind like forty pounds of treasures. It was absolutely incredible. But it should be, yeah, or, when it blitzes, it should be like a ball lightning. It should be like, yeah, cast it, it's a 2 2, but if you blitz the thing, it's like a 6 1, but six, it's going out in a blaze of glory. 6 1, indestructible, trample, vigilance, not lifelink. Death no, touch, because wherever it hits, it's going to die. It's probably going to die. Uh, what else? And no, infect wouldn't really make sense for my, my cocaine bearer. Um, I guess you could infect them with a love of cocaine. Okay, yeah. That was just excellent. A, the world is weird. That's just, and yeah, and and the end it. Uh, I think we should always end the the podcast with a piece of life advice, which is, don't walk to the strip of Las Vegas from your hotel. Take a take a cab or an Uber or a Lyft. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Can wait, they can wait. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to have that discussion with an eight year old about when do you report a dead body, when do you not. <laughs> The shades not of gray for- that go into this decision. <laughs> I don't know how many shades of gray there are. <laughs> shades of gray relating to our tickets to the Harry Potter show <laughs> that we're already almost late to. Oh, let's see this. Oh, okay. Parroting. Parroting. All right. I know I'm doing it perfectly, so I feel bad for everybody else. <laughs> I know that guy's got it always right. That's. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. That sucks. Yeah. I'm going to go see Carrot Top. There you go. See? Well, Carrot Top, well, he's looking a little strange these days. He, like, he was on a bunch of ads and he's working out. I thought he went, I thought he went the whole muscle head route. He, he's gotten a little bulky and um, it's the movie where the, the guy has like the, the elephant face and he's dating oh, the yeah, blind mask. woman. Mask. He's kind mask. of looking yeah, a little sure. bit like the mask guy is kind of what I'm seeing these days. Could be a prop. I don't know, but. My kids okay. actually said we, we don't want to see Carrot Top. I'm like, do you know who he is? They're like, no. We, we saw the ad. I'm like, poor Carrot Top. We don't want to see the scary man, Dad. No. <laughs> we did not want to see. Take us back to the, the sidewalk. <laughs> Take us back. Circle of life. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Join us next week. Thank you. For, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> for magic. Uh, if you if you enjoyed this, share with a friend. That's what we're asking. <laughs> to find me on Twitter, it's PSG Reader. Uh, P-S-G-R-E-A-D-E-R. Uh, what about for, for you, Brent? 
I'm at uh, at Dr. No Pants One, uh, D R N O P A N T S One, the number one. Number one. Okay. And yeah, we'll be back. It's fun. Monday Night Magic is, it will never die. This is the, this will truly become the cockroach of uh, uh, a <laughs> uh, magic podcasting, which I enjoy. I'll tell you, I'll, at some point, I'll have to see what the actual date was of that first one. I'm trying to think of how I could even figure that out. I could ask Dom. I'll figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good one. Stay Thank safe you. if you're in Las Vegas, because that place is scary as hell. <laughs>